Hello, corn growers. Welcome to another episode of Keeping It Independent, a podcast brought to you by Wiffles Hybrids. My name is Ryan Gentle. I'm the agronomy manager, and I'm joined today by Jared Goplin. He's agronomy manager uh, for Minnesota and parts of Iowa. And today we've been getting a lot of questions in the last week or so on uh, drought and several side effects of drought that we're seeing out in the field. Um, so we're going to try and answer uh, four or five of those questions for you. Um, I know when I l- went back and looked at some of the uh, rain data from April and May for my home area, Fulton County, Illinois, in the central part of Illinois, um, we only got two and a half inches of rain um, in April and May combined. Uh, the normal is about 11 and a half inches. So we've got a whopping 20% of our uh, our normal rainfall for the two months since we've we've had the crop in so definitely starting to see some uh some effects and some corn starting to roll on some of the lighter ground um what are you seeing in your world jared yeah so you know you just looked at the uh the drought monitor here recently as well and you know uh, a large portion of illinois and iowa uh even parts of minnesota south dakota are all on the drought monitor uh so i think it's uh, safe to say a lot a lot of the corn belt is you know seeing some drier than normal conditions uh, aside from some areas maybe that had some really heavy precip, uh, I know in areas of southern Minnesota and a couple small pockets in Iowa, but, um, you know, certainly uh, the drought, you know, just the dry weather so far has got people a little bit concerned, but I think what's really uh, peaking everybody's interest now is, you know, looking at the forecast because uh, some of these, ac- these areas that have been dry don't really look like there's very good chances for rain going forward in the next week or two. So, you know, that's where a lot of the questions come from is, you know, what's going to happen? You know, things might look pretty good now. There's not necessarily a ton of uh, drought effects showing up, but, uh, you know, two weeks from now, obviously things are going to look a little bit different. So it's where some of those concerns are coming from. So I'm with you there. I think it's about uh, mid-morning and we're already at 87 degrees here. Uh, haven't had much humidity. Forecast looks uh, mid-90s for most of the week. I think uh, 20% chance is our best best chance of rain um, here for the next 10 days. So um, could get serious here moving forward. But I guess one of the first questions I get, I'll, I'll throw out to you, Jared, and uh, I'll, I'll chime in too. But, you know, Everybody wants to know, okay, my, my corn's V4, let's say. What effect does this have, uh, this micro drought? What effects it's having on yield right now? Yeah, well, you know, obviously a drought early in the season. You know, now early young vegetative stages is probably the best time to have a drought. Uh, we really, you know, where we see the biggest yield impacts are from, you know, during pollination, grain fill, uh, any types of stresses during that time is really where we probably see the, the biggest uh, impact on yield. Um, you know, so early season drought, um, you know, obviously we do have some concerns there, especially when we talk about uh, getting normal roots to develop. Um, you know, the, the crown roots, the nodal roots uh, typically uh, form around that three quarters of an inch uh, mark in the soil and, and uh, roots only will grow into moist soil. So if those, those upper roots, when th- those corn plants are small and those roots just start to develop around that uh, V2 stage uh, and continue to develop, um, you know, if those are in dry soil, if we've just lost too much moisture or, or whatever the situation is, you know, those roots won't grow normally. And uh, and if we don't get those roots to develop, uh, that just restricts some of our access to nutrients and water. And, you know, I know parts of parts of Iowa, at least that I've been in uh, recently, there is some variability out there. And, you know, I think some of that is, is because of uh, some poor nodal root development in some of those drier areas. And uh, we just haven't quite tapped into some of those nutrients yet. So, um, it's one of those things where there's not really anything you can do about it in the short term. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, some of the symptoms, I guess that you'll see early on, but aside from that, you know, uh, 
it's the best time of the year to have a drought. Not that that necessarily makes you feel any better, but, um, you know, because, uh, in a lot of our yield components haven't really started to be determined yet. Um, you know, our ear girth starts to be determined around that V6 stage. And, and, uh, and then from there on out, um, is where we some start to determine some of those other yield components. But, uh, um, like I said before, you know, pollination grain fill is where we see some of those, uh, those bigger, uh, bigger impacts. I don't know, Ryan, you got any other, other things to add there that I missed? No, I would echo your comments. Um, you know, a lot of the corn that I'm starting to see roll in the afternoons now, it's on the lighter ground. It's probably a V, V3, V4 corn. And those nodal roots, like you said, just haven't tapped down. Um, and about everything I've dug, even in the lighter, uh, you know, timber ground, I'm still finding moisture, but it's usually down about three inches or so. I think the corn early, uh, you know, the, the younger corn just hasn't got down to that uh, moisture level at three inches yet, where you see the corn that's, you know, V6 plus that's clo- starting to close in the rows. Um, I'm not seeing it roll yet because I think it has got down to some pretty good moisture um, because those nodal roots are starting to tap down. Um, definitely, definitely a difference right now when you're looking out uh, at the crop stages. Yeah, it's kind of like a race, you know, th- those roots are in some ways racing the soil moisture line. So if we get real dry and hot, you know, that soil moisture line is, is going down pretty quickly. Um, you know, like you said, Ryan, you know, a couple inches, three, four inches down maybe. Uh, and if, if those roots have already made it through that, you know, we're probably going to be fine. They'll keep growing into moist soil below and, and tap into that subsoil moisture. But yep, I would agree in, in my neck of the woods too. So I think what I heard you say is, you know, V6 and, and before, um, you know, as long as we keep that plant alive, we're not having any browning of tissue. A uh, little leaf rolling in the afternoons is not necessarily a bad thing. We shouldn't see a lot of yield loss. It's kind of V V six plus. Um, you know, we're starting to determine more yield and with your uh, uh, number of rows and in ear links. So we definitely we need to rain for sure before pollination. Um, that's our major time frame where we can where we can dang yield. So Ryan, uh, I do have a, a little quiz question for you here. So <clears throat> your V six corn out there, how much how much water is that corn? itself uh using not including uh, evaporation off the soil surface yep that's a good question and uh i think it'll vary a little bit but i think most of the charts you probably look at are going to say probably between a tenth and a quarter of an inch somewhere in that neighborhood and then when you get you know uh closer to tassel time obviously that's going to increase you're going to be more three four tenths um so more important reason to get those roots down into moisture where they can suck that up Yep. Right. You know, that's, I did look up just to see, uh, you know, a lot of times when we talk about moisture use, it's a combination of evaporation plus what's going through the plant, what that plant is using. And obviously there's not a lot of leaf material on the, these small corn plants. So what's actually going through the leaf is, is very minimal. You know, it's probably less than a half a 10th of rain uh, or water, I should say, but there's a lot of stuff evaporating off that soil surface as well. So, uh, you know, the sooner we can get that canopy try and cool that soil temp down, uh, it's going to help us conserve some of that water too. But Yep, for sure. I think, uh, you know, usually when we go through these drought time frames too, we, we have the tendency to see a little shorter corn plant. Those nodes will kind of shorten up a little bit, uh, help compensate for that lack of water. Uh, just another defense that the corn plant has. Maybe you guys need to be uh, cutting some hay. I know in some of these areas of Iowa and Minnesota where we got some rain recently, a lot of hay went down. I think that's uh I guess we can thank some of those guys for uh, bringing some of the rain in. <laughs> it, it worked. I, I just mentioned that to a customer yesterday. I said cutting hay didn't even work in central Illinois this year because <laughs> the last 10 days there's been a lot, a lot cut and bailed. 
So another question, uh, Ryan, that, that uh, comes up here uh, a lot of times with some dry weather, some other things is, you know, my corn's flopped over. You know, what in the world's going on? I walk out in the field, you maybe got some V6, V5 corn out there and it's, it's laying on the ground. What in the heck is going on? Yeah, starting to see some of that. I've had a couple calls, uh, one yesterday and, and one today, uh, this morning actually on uh, floppy corn syndrome. And a lot of times, uh, we'll see it when we have a drought, uh, like this. You can also see it sometimes when we don't close the furrow very well, but, uh, if you go out and scout and it looks like the furrows closed, more than likely, uh, those nodal roots are setting in dry dirt. They're just not gaining enough moisture to develop the plants not uh, developing properly because of the lack of moisture you don't get those crown roots and those brace roots which is uh, what's going to supply keep the corn alive the rest of its life and uh, you'll just start to see that v5 v6 a lot of guys you may be outside dressing or post spraying they're seeing that corn flop over Uh, really you know the only thing that's going to fix that is to try and get some rain and uh, get that moisture back where those nodal roots are at so they can develop and they'll help brace that corn back up yeah i was in a in a field recently too you know this is another issue that always comes up when there's some sins committed at planting time uh, some of these fields that were maybe pushed uh, you're in the field a little too early you get some sidewall compaction uh, and those roots can't penetrate through that sidewall it dries out and, you know, of course, then same, same, you know, uh, symptom, I guess, of, of just growing into dry soil is, you know, those, those roots aren't going to, going to make it through that sidewall and they're in dry, you know, in dry dirt and, uh, and they're just not able to, to keep going. So, you know, I know there's uh, at least a handful of cases, uh, fields, a lot of times you'll see that in some headlands, areas of compaction uh, as well. So it's, it's not necessarily uncommon to see, but, uh, certainly in a year like this where you do, uh, you know, kind of run out of some moisture at this early time frame, uh, it's a little bit more common, uh, common to see there i know when i was i was looking up some past articles uh to read on floppy corn i saw one that came up from iowa state june 8th 2021 just almost the exact same scenario two years ago um with our for our iowa listeners and i know i think for the most part corn crop turned out pretty well um in 2021 with a pretty minimal rain for for iowa so Sometimes I think we can deal we can deal with less rain better than we can with uh, too much. Right. Yeah. I mean, I know uh, you know we've had some experience uh, with that in the last couple of years too. At least a couple times in the last five years, where you know if you get too much rainfall, it's going to limit root development. You know, they're not going to you know it's basically going to be too much water saturated conditions. Those roots don't develop very well. Um, you know, so I know in some of those cases, uh, some of the best yields that people got, uh, were in areas where they were really concerned, actually saw some significant drought stress early. Um, you know, but like we talked about earlier, you're not, uh, you're not in that uh, yield component determination time frame, So you can deal with a lot of stress there before you're going to impact final yield typically. So another one I've been getting quite a bit in the last week or so, uh, it's time for post applications of herbicide in a lot of cornfields in, uh, in our listening area here. Um, been getting questions. Should I hold off? I know my corn's stressed. Uh, should I, should I not spray? Um, should I pull out adjuvants to try and tame the, the, the potion down a little bit? Um, what do you, what are you thinking along those lines, Jared? Yeah. So, you know, we had a, a podcast, we talked about, uh, herbicide applications, you know, typically liking to get those on before, you know, V5, V6 corn, you know, for a number of different reasons, a lot of the labels start to, uh, you know, kind of go off label, uh, at least, uh, some, some products anyways, once you get to that point. Um, 
you know, like atrazine is, you know, around that 12 inch tall corn phase, um, you know, Callisto, Lotta, some of those uh, bleachers, you know, is in that V8 to V9 category. So I typically like to get those herbicide applications done on the earlier side if we can. Um, and yeah, I mean, you have stressful conditions, uh, these products and a lot of the products we spray on corn, um, that corn is metabolizing those. So it, uh, you know, it'll, it will affect, uh, you know, uh, corn, just like some of the weeds, if it doesn't metabolize it, but corn just thankfully has the, uh, the capability to metabolize a lot of these products. Uh, and anytime you stress corn, uh, that metabolism is going to slow down. Uh, so we can get some more severe crop injury. You know, if we talk about weather at the time of application as well, uh, you know, heat typically, um, you know, some sunshine and, and humidity can play roles here as well. Um, you know, if you just basically stress that plant a little bit and, uh, you know, some of these c- conditions, they they really uh, kind of heat up the chemistry, I guess, and, and can work more effectively on weeds. Uh, but those conditions also can be more stressful on corn. So um, it's not uncommon to see a little bit more symptomology, but, you know, it's this is this balancing act between, you know, obviously we'd, we'd prefer not to have to stress the corn, but at the same time, we don't want to have weeds uh, either. So, um, you know, weeds are growing really fast. Uh, man, I, uh, I found a water hemp yesterday. I think it was only three inches tall. And I bet that thing had 45 growing points on it. So, um, you know, as these, uh, especially the water hemps and, and palmer amaranth and, and those types of weeds, um, ragweeds, uh, those suckers are off to the races right now. So, uh, you know, we need to get those controlled when they're little. So it is a, a balancing act there. You know, we do need to get it done. Uh, for the most part, that corn can can handle a lot of stress at this time. So uh, backing off, you know, being care- more careful with adjuvants and things, uh, making sure we're using products that have, you know, the right safeners and things in them uh, can help minimize some of that risk. But uh, I guess for the most part, most cases, I guess, uh, get those herbicide applications done now because, uh, you know, if we don't get rain for two weeks, uh, it's going to be a lot more stressful on that crop later on. Uh, and then the weeds are going to be hardened off. So right now, a lot of the weeds uh, are probably uh, trucking along just fine, haven't hardened off, hardened off quite yet. And uh, so that's another consideration just to make sure if we are spraying, uh, we'd like we'd like those chemicals to do a good job on the weeds too. So I'd say earlier is typically better than later. Yep, I would agree. Um, I Fields I've been out in, the uh, water hemp seem to be doing just fine with very little rain. Uh, a lot of a lot of small water hemp starting to come through, breaking through the pre-emerge, uh, seeing some giant ragweed also. And, and another point I like to make is, you know, if you can get that post application done before V6, uh, you don't run that risk of, you know, that's when we're starting to develop that ear and, and deciding the ear size. It's just one less stress that, the you know, the corn plant's got to go through uh, at that V6, V7 time frame. Um, one, one reminder I'd like to throw out too, I've already had a call on this and seen some pictures, uh, for you guys that like to toss a fungicide in with, uh, you know, your post spray with uh, V4, V5, V6, uh, be very careful with that, especially with the heat we have now. A lot of those, uh, fungicides kind of already have crop oil adjuvant kind of built in to it. And if you don't take the crop oil out of your uh, spray concoction that you make, I've, I've seen some pretty good leaf burning uh, already in this heat. So just a reminder, uh, make sure you're reading your label close. If you're putting fungicide in, make sure everything's compatible. Um, Jared, do you think there would be any advantage, you know, trying to get out and spray early in the morning or wait until a little later in the evening so you're not spraying in the heat of the day if you have that luxury? Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's definitely something you can try to do. You know, in many cases you're trying to cover a lot of acres and, um, you know, that can be a challenge, but absolutely. You know, if you have the, the ability to, to spray in some of those off hours uh, of the day, you know, not the heat of the day, uh, especially, I know there's been a lot of comments on low humidity. 
uh, as well. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, we had uh, some just incredibly low humidity values really uh, during the first three weeks of June uh, during prime, you know, herbicide application timeframes. And, and uh, we actually, a lot of areas of Southern Minnesota at the time didn't have a dew for, you know, three weeks or better. Uh, it was that dry. And uh, I know that year, you know, a lot of weed control suffered because a lot of these applications went on during the heat of the day uh, when humidity values were very, very low. I mean, down to 15% humidity. And uh, I know a couple of years ago uh, that year, I did look up some of the kind of the math behind it and, and, and the amount of product that's evaporating out of the boom before it ever hits the crop canopy uh, gets to be just huge. Um, so, you know, it is, it is one where uh, it's not surprising to get poor weed control in those dry conditions because a lot of that stuff's evaporating before it even hits the canopy. Uh, there's ways we can deal with that using more water, you know, adjuvants become more important trying to get what hits the plant, you know, to really stick there and, and, and absorb into that plant. But um, yeah, in many cases, um, it might not be things that uh, folks in Iowa, Illinois have to think about very often. Typically, you have adequate humidity for applications, but uh, in these really dry days, um, you know, that's something that we do have to start thinking about. And I know uh, some of our friends in the Dakotas, it's something that they uh, they think about every year. Um, but uh, and there, there are some resources out there to, to deal with that. But uh, but yeah, just something to be mindful of. So another question that comes up, you know, we're side dress time. Uh, I think yesterday I saw a couple of guys out in the field side dressing. Um, you know, should I change my plans now for side dress nitrogen based on the, the dry weather? Yep, um, that uh, has been a common question in the last week too. Um, and I think the short answer is no. Uh, we're, we're way too early in the growing season. We still got a lot of uh, potential out there, a lot of yield potential, especially if you're planning on those side dress, uh, side dress applications and those units of in in your overall plan. I would, I would stick to what you're doing. Now, uh, the method of how we might apply some of that may need to change with the weather we're having. Um, I would be very, very uh, uh, cautious if I was going to think about using urea right now, just spreading out on the ground with no uh, rain in the forecast. You're really setting yourself up for a lot of volatilization and, and probably going to lose a lot of that in. Um, I would also be very cautious on just dribbling liquid, whether it's 28 or 32 on top of the ground. Uh, again, with no rain in the forecast, I guess the exception would be if you do have uh, blessed with irrigation, you can water it in. But I would definitely, whether I was using anhydrous liquid, whatever, I would make sure and try and get that injected into the ground where you got a little protection. There's uh, still a little moisture in the ground and, uh, you know, you're going to lose, you're not going to lose near as much getting it injected. Yeah, in my experience, if you uh, plan for no rain, it's more likely to rain as well. It seems like every time you spin on urea with a 95% chance of rain, it uh, it doesn't come. <laughs> so yeah, get that stuff in the ground where it's uh, it's not going to get lost. The one good good uh, piece, I guess, of information on that is you know uh, loss pathways of nitrogen are are water based. Um, you know, so if we do have you know relatively small amounts of precip, if you didn't have ponding or excessive you know flooding, those types of conditions, we probably didn't lose much. So um, you know, it's a situation where if you had uh, really your full program, your full nitrogen program on already, um, it's probably not likely that you'd need supplemental nitrogen based on, you know, losses. Uh, so that's the one, I guess, good thing that comes with, uh, you know, less, re less precip, but uh, certainly in those cases where you were planning the side dress, you know, don't give up on the crop. Cause uh, like I said before, I mean, some of our best crops have come, you know, in years where we did have some drought stress uh, right about now.
Yep. A lot of, a lot of the old timers would say you need a, need a little, uh, dust in June to get those roots down and, and get them, get them established so we can survive July and August. I got a bonus question for you, Jared. This is, this is a tough one. So every once in a while you'll get a question. Okay. Can I just take my sprayer out and put on a quarter inch real quick? Uh, just plain water and trying to help my crop get through this uh, this dry spell. You have any idea how many gallons of water are in an acre if you'd want to put an inch of water on? <laughs> so believe it or not, Ryan, with uh, some of the crusting issues that came up here about a week or so ago, uh, this was something that came up. And uh, so I actually did some of the math uh, about a week or so ago, you know, and I guess you can, right? Uh, if you have, uh, you know, an endless amount of time, uh, the, the sprayer can put water out on the field, but you need about uh, 27,000 gallons an acre. Um, you know, so, you know, me personally, you know, even putting 20 gallons an acre on spraying seems like a lot. If I wanted to do an 80 acre field and put an inch on, I'd have to reload my 1200 gallon sprayer 1800 times. I think that would keep busy. I, I'd need an intern. <laughs> I'd hate to pay the uh, custom application bill on that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I think that's a, a wrap on this episode. If you guys have any feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, also, send in questions for us to cover uh, future episodes at agronomy at wiffles.com. And uh, we'll look forward to our next podcast coming up here soon. Thanks for listening, guys, and stay safe out there and stay hydrated. <laughs>